Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. Today's guest is a man by the name of Gary Bloom. He's a science fiction author and mobile games developer. Welcome to the show, Gary. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I'm glad to have you here. Um, I'm obviously very excited to talk about science fiction in general because I'm a massive nerd. So, you know, I already, I already saw in the background uh, while we were speaking beforehand that you've got like a, a Superman poster there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, that's a Superman poster my, my in laws got me that's printed on wood and it's surrounded by um, that's super. Oh. Superman number one from the 80s and that's Superman Man of Steel number one from the 90s. Is that like the original so, yeah, or is, uh-huh. uh, like the original? Here, I'll give you a, let me see if I can give you a close up. Not the original from back, like the, the first one, but here, I'll give you a quick tour of the office. Wow. All right, so there's Man of Steel from the 90s. Um, and there's my, my 80s number one, right? Awesome. And then there's the, uh, the Funko collection with uh, one of my buddies. Maybe this, you can see Nightwing comic books that are actually uh, printed on the back. There's the Lego stash, and then there's my Nightwing cutout that I got uh, as a birthday gift off of Etsy. So, That's so awesome, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty nerdy guy and quite proud of it. <laughs> no, I hear that, man. I hear that. You were nerdy before it was cool to be nerd. Now everyone's a nerd. <laughs> That's what, you know, really? it's funny you say that. My, my best friend and I talk about the fact that it's like, like we, we were nerds and geeks before Big yeah. Bang Theory came out, before it was like cool to be, you know, like we would go... What were we nine years old? I don't know what our parents were thinking. We were nine years old and we would we would ride our bikes, I don't know, like four or five miles across town to downtown to go to this place, the comic vault, and cool. get our comic books. And uh yeah, I mean we we played Star Wars the role playing game, the first generation of it, and you know, we were huge Star Wars nuts. He had literally every original star wars toy except for i think two figures in one vehicle mm. um and uh and then he had a massive uh like just vehicle fight with him a couple of years ago so uh, and just like just obliterated half of his collection for the fun of it yeah it's funny like i, I was the same growing up I, I was a complete nerd but like i don't know i i always kind of saw it as a strange thing because with like most comic books um and just science fiction in general like if you're a boy i mean it doesn't have to necessarily be a boy thing you know girls whatever right but like generally speaking if you're growing up and you're reading like superman or you're watching the star wars movies or whatever like it's badass like how as a kid could you not enjoy that even if you're a guy that's like i don't know into sports or something like it's two people destroying each other yeah cool about that (laughs) that's that's what i try you know i have i have people who don't get it sometimes because um, I mean, I am a huge, huge basketball nerd. Um, cool. Okay. You know, I'm like a, I, I'm an NBA fan. I'm a college fan, and I love all not just watching it, but all the background aspects to it. And yet, you know, like I'm a I'm a lacrosse season ticket owner, and oh, wow. I can I can quote lines from Star Wars movies, and I've seen science fiction movies that other people go, what's what's that? Who I've never heard of that. And that's, I mean, listen, my, my six-year-old, she, I just finally let her see for the first time, uh, local, uh, station, or, uh, I know you're in the UK, US station, uh, TNT, um, yes. I guess is doing a marathon today. So she caught the last 10, 15 minutes of Clone Wars and we started watching uh. Revenge of the Sith and she's going, this is really cool. And she's asking me questions. And it's funny <laughs> because 
you know, I've fought against for so long. She's only known that there were three movies. And yet we've got, uh. I mean, that entire, all those Legos in that case over there that I just showed you, those are all Star Wars Legos. And she and I put them together. Oh. And she's like, she has her own little Yoda impression. She'll go, Yoda, mm-hmm, yes. And that's just like, she loves Yoda. She knows if somebody asks her, what's daddy's, you know, because she loves Disney princesses. What's daddy's favorite Disney princess? Oh, Princess Leia. You know, so it's <laughs> nice. And nice. It's, so, it, but it was funny sitting here, like she's asking me these different questions about Revenge of the Sith. And I'm explaining, I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe, I can't believe I'm going to say these words out loud, but maybe this is kind of cool. You know, it's like, I've had my bias against the prequels for years, and now it's like, here's the next generation. I mean, she knows that when daddy finishes with, with, with the podcast interview, we're going to the comic book shop because it's Saturday and we go to the comic book shop on Saturdays. Oh, and it's man, just, so cool. you know, I mean, that's, you know, the, the guy, the guy at the shop loves her. And yeah. like he pulls stuff for her if he sees stuff that he thinks will be cool. He's like, here, you know, this one, I'm going to give this to you for half price. Let, let me know if she likes it. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, it's just, it, it's, there's just something about that nerdiness that it's like, it's so ingrained in us mm. um, that it just, it makes me happy. And yet, like I said, Saturdays are meant for the comic book shop. And then Sunday she has her lacrosse lesson. And I want her to understand, like, it is okay to be well, well-rounded. Like, we are, yeah. in my family, it's music and science fiction and sports, and all three work well together, you know? I mean, my wife is, my wife's a chef, and she used to make cake pops, and she actually made me little uh, um, uh, TIE fighters one year, to, like <laughs> TIE fighters on a stick for, uh, for, for May the 4th, just because she's like, hey, you know, I didn't want you to think I left you out. It's Star Wars Day. Here you go. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool. It's like little TIE fighters and Death Stars. She's like, this is awesome. Best wife ever. Oh, no joke. Like, no joke. Seriously, when Pacific Rim came out, um, we were on vacation. I was taking her on vacation for her birthday. It was, you know, before my daughter was born. And, and I took her out. We did like this big, you know, we did a barbecue vacation in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Pacific Rim came out. So she took me. She's like, surprise. And then she goes, she, she goes do you trust me? I was like, yeah, I trust you. She goes, I plugged a, an address into the GPS. I want you to let me drive. And she took me to a comic book shop. Like, no we're way. just, you know, I mean, we've been to, we've been to local comic cons. And she actually wants to do New York Comic Con, hopefully in the next year or two. Because um, we think the small fry is old enough. You know, we, I've taken her to some local ones and stuff like that. And yeah. So, yeah, absolutely best wife ever. And She's just, she's embraced the hell out of all this. So I, I, I am, I'm so lucky. Um, I mean, she doesn't care about the fact that like I, I walk around and I got my, my Megatron t-shirt, you know, for those who get it. So it's mega, but he's doing the Tron pose. Cool. If you want, I'll send you the link to where I got it. Yeah. Well, why not? Why not? No, I, I, I envy you, man. I, I would love to meet a girl like that or just, yeah, in general, I've been single a long time, but like, to to meet someone that would be into like all of those things like i see this online i see girls online that are like that but like you never meet people like that in real life like i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean like most girls yeah. i meet it's like they're just not into that stuff you know yeah so. you know what i mean it, it's i definitely i'm definitely lucky um <laughs> you know but uh it, it's just it, it's kind of cool because it's become mm. the dynamic in our in our family it's like you know, between, and, and we're hoping that my daughter one day gets into, I mean, she's six. So she's, she's still, you know, chicken nuggets, ham roll ups and French fries. 
Um, but, you know, we're hoping that one day she embraces food the way we do. And then there's four pillars in the house, you know, but really it's, I mean, everything is, is, you know, we watch football on Sundays and the running joke has always been because my wife is, is more hardcore than I am. Uh, she, <laughs> my, my daughter has learned about football growing up, sitting next to me. She's learned about cursing sitting oh, wow. next to her mother. Um, <laughs> it's like, daddy, why is mommy angry at the giants? <sighs> it's a long story, kiddo. Um, so yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's really, that is like heartwarming to hear. I mean, <laughs> it's cool that, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head though. It's good to be all rounded and, and just sort of, I think, so. I th- I think that's a pro- the problem that many parents have is they, you know, don't always, they, they want to keep their kids away from certain things, but it's like, if you're yeah. introducing them to what you're into, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like me, like I was born in the early nineties but like all the music I remember listening to, like it was all my mom's record collection, you know, just all yep. sorts of stuff. But I remember what I would deem as like my childhood was like 70s, 80s, 90s music, mostly sure. 90s. So like stuff like the Smiths or like I yeah. don't know, Joy Division or something like that. And it's like technically that was before my time, but it's like what I remember listening to growing up. Yeah. So like, and you always have a nostalgia for that, regardless of whether or not that becomes what you're into you always remember what your parents introduced you to yeah that's good well so that's she's lucky because i mean my so my father's a guitarist i'm a guitarist my brother's a drummer right my dad raised <laughs> us on on the who and eric clapton and the stones and you know and, we, yeah. and he let us pick up our other stuff later um and so my wife is even more well-rounded than i am so it's funny because my 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 daughter will pick up you know, and my wife's very into 80s stuff. Um, you know, she's, she's an 80s kid. I'm an 80s kid. Um, but it's like my daughter, there's dance music now that she loves. You know, she loves the Descendants movies. Um, I, I have watched, and I'll, I'll be honest, that's part of what I try to embrace is I have seen the Disney three Descendants movies probably at least a hundred times each and I can quote stuff from it. I know who the character, like I've learned who they are. So she can talk to me about that because I don't want it to be just me pushing on the her and there's music from that, that she just loves. And, and those are, you know, those are her songs, but then, you know, like my wife has introduced her to eighties and nineties hip hop and rap. And then, you know, but I used to sing her Beatles songs when she was a baby mm-hmm. and um, like she'll, I'll, I'll pick up the guitar and she will sing eight days a week with me. Cool. And, you know, and she like, there's a couple Tom Petty songs she likes and ZZ Top songs that she likes. And, you know, and, and like she, she, she can pick out George Michael. Um, she wow. knows George Michael's voice. Yeah. And she's six. So, you know, that's, we, we very much believe in that. It's that, you know, we want to, we want to introduce you to the stuff that we love, but we also want you to find the stuff that you love as well, mm. because the more that you know, and the more that you embrace, the more, you know, she's that kid that meets somebody on the playground and that's her new best friend. And she won't see yeah. them on the playground for five months and we go back and it's, Oh, Hey, it's Audrey, you know? Oh. And it's, she, you know, and, and she wants to, and I, I love that, that we're, you know, and my parents were very much like that, you know, that it's, here's music that we like, here are shows that we like, here are things that we like, but find your own thing. You know, my, my parents are very, very big mystery readers mm. and, um, but they never cared what I read as long as I was reading, as long as I, I developed an enjoyment for reading. So, I mean, I was, re- and, and when my dad saw that I got into science fiction, I mean, he's the one who bought me my copy of, um, uh, uh, of uh, what's it? Oh God, I just, just 
drew a blank uh Heinlein uh Stranger from Another World right the um you know one of the greatest sci-fi uh books of all time and you know he bought me he saw I was getting into comic books and he actually got me this book he went to his parents house and got this this hardcover book that he grew up with that had like the original Human Torch and the original Green Lantern and Origin oh. of Shazam and and Jay Garrick the original Flash and he's like yeah you should you should know this stuff too and it's just it's it's some of the coolest stuff ever and that's why like I love that she discovers things she finds things but then it allows me to show her stuff of oh this is what you know I have a um uh, I've got a combiner on my uh, on my my uh, my little stand over there that's uh who is it uh Computron and so she's like what is this I want to play with this and so you know I'm getting her a a, uh, a transformer for Hanukkah and I'm getting my nephew a transformer for Hanukkah but she also wanted to see and I showed her the original show a little bit she's, this is really cool can we watch more of this and she like we saw My Little Pony the movie, which is this whole Patton Oswalt, the, the comedian Patton Oswalt actually does a little bit of a, a, a routine on just the mythology of it. And he talks about how it's like he's got his Star Wars and he knows his mythology and he can't get into another mythology. Except that he starts talking about it. And I'm like, oh my God, I've actually learned all of this stuff too. You know, and so it's fun, but you know, that's why it's like the fact that she's reading now and starting to, to learn this stuff and she's got like a, a book called I am a princess and it's about princess Leia and you oh, know wow. and she's yeah like she I had no idea just, that Disney was doing stuff like that do you know what I mean like yeah, so they they license a lot of stuff to little golden books and okay. you know and so she's got the entire original and prequel trilogies as little golden books and then she's got oh. some one-off books and it's I mean, and what's funny to me is that she's very creative. Now, she likes to write. Um, she, she tries to write her own stories. She tries to do her own artwork. Um, for a father who had his own uh, comic book company for a year and a half, that's kind of pleasing. Um, and, uh, you know, but I love it because she hears this stuff and we read her this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, to me growing up reading Michael A. Stackpole and then when Heir to the Empire came out and I mean, I am a huge Timothy Zahn nut. And, you know, like all of these different folks, I read Hyperion growing up and, and anybody who hasn't read, it's not as famous, but if you haven't read Hyperion, there's, there's four books, Dan Simmons, oh my God, you have to read it. I grew up reading Dragonlance and, you know, um, uh, you know, Weiss and Hickman and, and the, uh, the Seventh Gate Cycle. Um, and it's like all of this stuff, it wasn't just entertainment for me. It just contributed to the things that I, that I ended up creating because it made me think, oh, you know, they did this, but they never really explored that concept. Or what if this happened instead? And now I hear my daughter doing like the, well, daddy, what if this instead? I'm like, oh yeah, let's go down. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, let's spend the next 10 minutes talking about that. That's really cool. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice to see the next generation doing it. So speaking of the next generation um obviously you, you mentioned within that that you know you've you grew up on the original star wars movies so did i uh, i mean i suppose technically uh the prequel trilogy was like my trilogy but like you know every kid you grow up on the original trilogy i think sure, yeah. I, I was like somewhere between seven or eight i think when when phantom menace came out what was that 90 95 no later than that so, so i was born in 93 uh, okay. Phantom Menace came out in, in nine, no, I think it was 1999. Okay. Just, That's but I, I remember watching, because here's my memories. Yep, May 19th of 99, you got it. I remember my dad, when I was 
six or seven. Like I saw the trilogy, the original mm-hmm. trilogy, when I was like six or something, and I loved it. And there's a couple of th- I've never actually spoken about this ever. Um, I might as well just <laughs> say this. Yeah. So here's some memories of of when I was a kid with Star Wars, right? So um, my dad bought me like this massive Millennium Falcon. It was huge. Uh, it was probably the best gift I ever got as a kid growing up. I just hours of entertainment. Just yeah. All I had all of the. I think I still might have some of those original figures now. Because there was the when the re-releases came out in the nineties, I think they went crazy with the merchandise, and then that's when they had all the original stuff True, yeah. being pumped out. And then it kind of makes sense because then Phantom Menace came out, so then you got all this new stuff and blah blah blah. But I'd seen them beforehand, and I remember as well there was because um, I grew up in London, so yep. there was a uh, oh, there was okay. So there's this place in London called Barbican, which has like I guess like art galleries and stuff like that. Like my mom took me to a lot of art galleries when I was a kid and That's so, cool. like, you know, love that stuff. <laughs> and, um, but one time they did a, an installation exhibition, uh, like a one-time limited only thing of star Wars. Oh, and amazing. it was incredible. Basically, as I understand, it was all of the original costumes used in the original trilogy in like all these glass boxes and stuff and all the props and everything. And I remember seeing Boba Fett. I remember that very clearly. And I, I'll never forget this. The room where they put Darth Vader, they deliberately made it dark. They put him in his, like, his own chamber. Yeah. And they lit it with like red lighting and stuff. And they, put, they pumped in the sound of the... Oh, that's amazing. So I walked in and I'm just staring at like this like eight-foot figure... And I was, so I was genuinely cool. scared. I knew it wasn't real, but I was like, wow. It really, <laughs> they really did a good job of making you feel like the terror that you would feel if you were standing there. And That's amazing. There. Yeah, no, it really was. And I think from the combination of that and playing with the figures and the movies themselves, I, I became a fan off of that. Um, so then obviously when, when the new trilogy came out, uh, I was ready for it. Um, sure. I think as I became a teenager... I started to critique them a little bit because I remember Attack of the Clones coming out. I was about 10 or 11-ish. But it was when Revenge of the Sith came out that we all started sitting there going like, hmm, what do we think of this? How does it compare? (laughs) And like, I'll be honest, I saw it in the cinema. I thought it was epic. I still think it's epic. It's it's flawed, but of the prequel trilogy, I think it's arguably the best. Um, I think it very much kind of salvaged the like saved it in many ways but um yeah i think the the prequels get a lot of hate um but (laughs) and this kind of leads me to the question i wanted to ask you sure um it's it's not just about the sequels it's what do you kind of think about modern star wars now because obviously you grew up with the original trilogy you saw the prequels you sort of said there that you know you weren't as fond of them yep um but like there seems to be a lot of people angry with with the sequels right now and i've I've spoken to uh, with other guests on on the podcast about this you know i've mentioned things like the mandalorian and my thoughts on that and rebels clone wars as you mentioned before yep so like what do you think in general um of how disney is kind of handling star wars right now so i'd say first of all i don't have i don't really have tons of issues with the way that that um that disney's handling star wars um 
my my viewing of the Mandalorian has been a little bit slower because my wife decided that she wanted to watch it. Um, cool. Like we, you know, when it, when when season one came out, she's like, we should watch this. Together. Like, yes, we should. Uh, <laughs> so you know, and um, you know, I mean, like here here we are. I'm I I'm working a full time job, yeah. and I've got a Kickstarter for for this game, and and I write the sci fi series, and my wife's starting her own business, and so. You know, we're, it, it's not sort of a, we're on a, a regular schedule with it yet. So we're a few episodes behind, but we still maintain it's, it's one of the best things out there. Um, I mean, we're huge John Favreau fans. Yeah. Uh, I, I think people don't realize as much as, as the Marvel hero movies are just a given now. I don't think people realize just how much they owe to John Favreau mm. starting all of this. Like everybody says, Oh, well, you know, um, it's, it's, it's RVD is, is who it's like, yes, yes. He was a central figure here, but Favreau was that guy who did the first movie. And, and I think it's just like that, that high level of quality that Iron Man was when it first came out, it's just kind of leapt forward and, and the way that he thinks about things and respecting the, the humor of, you know, the thing that I, that I think was very big in the original trilogy that was a lacking a little in the prequels that I felt came back in the new trilogy was the humor, right? That it's, it can't all be all serious all the time. It's, it's one of, as a DC fan, I, I am, I, I, I am heartbroken by this decision for so many of the movies to be you know everything's batman now even if it's a different you know thing everything's batman so like when and i mean i say this believing that wonder woman should have won awards it was one of the most amazingly written and and beautifully done movies but like when aquaman came out and had humor in it and when shazam came out and had humor and if you look at you know the the trailers from 1980 Wonder Woman 1984. It clearly has more humor in it, mm. and and I I believe that that's something that like it can't be all dark all the time. You know, yeah, yeah. The just the like the comedic in, uh, exchanges with with the droids are I, I think are are absolutely you know key. So I felt like there was more of that in the new ones than there was in the, the you know. So she's gonna see. I will let her watch Attack of the Clones from beginning to end, I'm going to let her watch Revenge of the Sith. There's a, there's an order that, a, that uh, my best friend found out about years ago uh, before the, the big bang theory ever brought it up where what you basically do is uh, what do you watch? You watch, um, you watch the original star Wars, sorry, a new hope, which I never heard it called a new hope until like the nineties. So it's star Wars. So you watch star Wars and empire. Then you watch attack of the clones and um, uh, uh, which call it and Revenge of the Sith as a as a flashback, and then you finish up with Return of the Jedi. So you just watch the five, and you skip. I mean, this is if you're gonna do them all in a row, right? Which okay. we did. Um, but so you skip Phantom Menace because I found that. So Jar Jar Binks to me is one of one of the the, the worst parts. I know that that a lot of people say that, and um, but Darth Jar Jar. Yes, Darth Jar Jar, and I've seen the I have seen the conspiracy theory that Jar Jar is actually a Sith. It's actually very convincing, Menace. you know. It's very it's 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 very well written. It is very. Yeah, I, I will yeah, not do yeah. that. But I felt that 
he was so forced in the type of humor he was trying to do. I felt that I actually felt he was borderline racist in certain areas. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I like if you mean. think about it and it's just, and it like, and, and the way that they wrote that poor little kid uh, who we've taken to referring to as little orphan Annie um, that like, he just, it, it was, he was so whiny and he was just, it was, but don't you think was, in a way though that that's kind of done on purpose because i just want to challenge this a little so do you remember in in in, um, in original star wars like how whiny luke was in the beginning yeah he was a little whiny in the beginning. he was, was like, yeah. oh i gotta get some power converters yeah and like anakin is like exactly the same i feel like that's done on purpose to make it be like yeah this that. is definitely his dad and and here's <laughs> the thing i'm gonna say this and 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 i realize as someone who's hoping to get people to fund his Kickstarter, uh, this is a very dangerous statement for me to make, but I'm going to make it anyway. Um, because I believe this, and, and, and again, because I'm old and apparently old people, like Gen Xers are supposed to be complaining about things because that's what we do, I guess now. Um, so uh, the original Star Wars trilogy has holes. Yeah. It has plot holes. It has it has um, it has mistakes within the editing and, and stuff like that. And then when they went back and they redid it, you know, the whole Han shot first movement. I mean, that's my like one of one of my good buddies has been been just like championing that forever. I read the entire uh, old you know EU the all the books mm. and. And there was almost invariably a Han shot first joke in every single book that was written. Um, so, so, you know, but it's like, there are holes. There, there definitely are holes. And, um, and I don't apologize about that. I just, I just try to enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I felt like with the trilogy, with the first one, it felt too forced. Uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on was just too forced. It's like he was trying to pack too much stuff in there. And then I felt that it became less of a problem in two and three. And, and it got to the point where in Revenge of the Sith, you know, we've talked about the fact that, um, and again, I'm a little older than you. So when we saw it in the theater, I mean, I think, what was I probably like 20, 21, 22 years old. Mm. And so we talked about when he goes and uh, spoiler alert for anybody out there who hasn't seen Revenge of the Sith. Um, but when he goes and he slaughters the sand people, my best friend's sitting next to me and he goes, yes, I've been waiting for him to do something like that. Mm. Like it was so much of it was about him being sad and he kept waiting for the conversion from sad to angry. Yeah. And, and so that was something that was very, very interesting. Um, and, and so I don't, I don't hate the prequels as much. And I enjoyed that. Here's another risky one. I enjoyed the, the, the three new movies. I, I, I really did. I thought, were there, were there a couple of cringy things? Look, I, there's no one who's going to be okay with the milk scene. They're just not. <laughs> it's just not. You know what I think? Just going back for one second, my only real complaint with, like, yeah, you know, first two, they, some stuff could have been done with that, right? But I feel like the bigger issue is, like, because I feel that they did, they really did a good job with the turn of Anakin, right? Yep. But I feel like that bit where it goes from, you know, he's a conflicted Jedi to child murdering Sith Lord. I felt like it's, that was too much of a leap, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I felt like that, like, which I know that they've kind of done with Clone Wars and stuff like that. They've filled in the gaps. But I feel like yeah. they should have just done another movie had it as like i know that's unprecedented but like how oh i know you you can't have a quartet it's got to be a trilogy yeah i know but they should have done that because i feel like yeah. i remember watching attack of the clones and thinking like 
oh, I would have liked to have seen like more of the actual battles. I yeah, feel like, yeah, like Clone Wars gives you that interesting slope as opposed to the the flipped switch. And I, I agree with you. That was that was one of the things that our our biggest issue with him. I get. I get the angsty teenager thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, like when these things came out, I wasn't that far removed from my teenage years as it was. Um, so like I could, I understood the whole angsty teenager thing. I just like, I, I thought about other movies where you have that teenager who goes from angsty to sliding down the slope of doing some bad stuff and then some heinous stuff. Right. And he makes that leap a little bit too quickly mm. and he doesn't like, I kept waiting for him. Like if you had seen him lash out at little things here and there, not the whiny lash out, but the lash out and the like, Anakin, you can't do that. And that's, that's what I thought that um, I really, really enjoyed clone wars. Uh, anybody now what's interesting is I saw the movie in the theater. I took somebody, I don't know if it took like my little cousin or something. I saw the movie in the theater. And I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. Like this is, this is kind of, and then the show was so much better than the movie. So if you've seen the movie and you didn't watch the show, watch the show. It fills in a lot of gaps. Um, I am not, I know, I already know that Ahsoka Tannen is coming into uh, 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 Mandalorian. We haven't gotten to that episode yet. My wife goes, who's Ahsoka? I was like, just watch. I was like, this is going to be really, really cool. And I'm apologizing ahead of time. I'm going to geek out because you didn't watch the Clone Wars. But, um, but yeah, like I, that was that was some of the stuff like the leaps that were made are are a bit frustrating to me mm. and i do feel like in the new trilogy they connected things a little bit more smoothly yeah. um you know i i do i do wonder if uh because i thought the first and third movie were were pretty well done and i mean it's jj you know like i, I expect good things from jj the stuff in the middle was a little bit weird because like you know my biggest issue, and we've talked to, you know, my, my friends and I have talked about this, and, and this goes back to, like, something that happened uh, to my character in the role-playing game years ago. And it's like, he, just the whole jumping to light speed through another ship is just like, if that were if that were a thing, then you don't need the whole trench scene with the Death Star. You just jump to hyperspace through the Death Star, and it's, like, it's a non-issue. And that stuff would happen all the time. So that seemed a bit odd the slow speeds chase seemed a bit odd like there were a lot of elements of that film that seemed out of place mm. um but you know again i i don't think it was a terrible movie um i did not love uh uh carrie fisher's mary poppins scene um you know where she's out <laughs> and then she oh come on she's in the blue dress she strikes the pose and she's flying and and that I will was admit, just that was weird. I kind that was of, odd. That was I dug very it, odd but at me. the same time, because that's like the first time we see her like ever use the force, isn't it? So exactly. Like, um, but like really weird. Yeah, it was very very strange. Um, but then I, I like I, I I read stuff. I and I, I've been trying not to read too much stuff online because people are like, you can't just make up force powers, dude. Did you read the old yes. EU? Because like they made up new force powers all the time. And I think like, just people like stuff. to just complain all the time. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Well, that's why I joked about my generation. You know, like a a lot of a lot of Gen Xers just want to like it's like it's it's the lamentation of of it's not mine anymore and you're trying to do it for somebody else and like the remakes and mm. stuff like that of all these different things that are coming out i feel like a lot of it's driven by my generation and you know 
I, my, my buddy said, a, you know, something really, really interesting, um, you know, after the last of the, uh, of the new trilogy came out. He said, he's like, look, you know what? I think that we need to come to terms with the fact that Star Wars isn't being made for us anymore. We're not the target demographic. They want to, they want to make us happy, but, you know, like, it's really being aimed at today's teenagers and 20 and 30 somethings, mm. you know, like, Hey guys, we're, he said, he's like, like, we're, we're basically like, we're in our forties now. Um, you know, I just, I just turned 43, what, like a week ago or something like that. Oh, congrats. So oh, thank you. Um, and, and it's like, it's not really, it's not directly at me anymore. And, and I'm okay with that because I enjoy, you know, there was something that, that I, I remember before JJ's first one came out there are a lot of people who are complaining of you better not diverge too much from the original movies. You got to make it a lot like the original movies. You better not, not move away from the original movies. And then it comes out and everybody's going, Oh, you were just ripping off the original movies. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just spent six months complaining that it wasn't going to be like the original movies. Yeah. And then when it came out kind of, you know, like, like an homage to the original movies, yeah. you got angry. And it's, it's the just, same movie. It's literally just star Wars 2.0. Like yeah, and it's one. you know what? Here's the funny thing. I really like the original Star Wars movie. So when people would, how could you like that? It's exactly like the first one. I was like, did you not like the first one? Like, well, I love the first one. It's like, how do you not like this one? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I agree. Like, I think everyone says, oh, the sequels are bad. I think there are parts within it that can be argued and debated, but it's the same as the prequels, isn't it? It's like yeah. that first one. I mean, I don't know. Like, I remember afterwards thinking yeah i'm excited for this this looks like it's going in the right direction i felt like with last jedi they kind of lost that momentum um but it was more because of things like you know was it snoke was killed in that one wasn't he Snow yeah snoke was was what was the second one yep yeah i felt like that was a bigger mistake because everyone complains about oh this character arc and that character arc and for yeah. me it's like i didn't understand the return to Palpatine that was kind of cool but it was like I kind of figured based on what you were saying before about if you're introducing this to a new generation and you want to have like easter eggs for the old generation but yep. ultimately establish something new why yeah. are we not getting like more about Finn and you know what I mean it was like hey that's what I, yeah. he has the force but uh, that's all folks uh, <laughs> you know yeah, and, like, it was it was like very that. very I found that unusual that you know like I loved I love the fact that there was a lot of the, just the cameos, like the, mm. the, the Lando cameo was cool. That's cool. And I was happy that he was in it to the degree he was, but they didn't force him down your throat. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that Carrie Fisher, there was enough, but not too much. I felt that Mark Hamill. And I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a Mark Hamill nut. I've been, I actually posted some, some uh, old interviews of his on Twitter recently because they're just cool. And, and he does a great Harrison Ford impression and, you know, but I, I was happy to see him the amount that I saw him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't want it to be inundated with all the old folks and, um, like seeing three seconds of Wedge Antilles was awesome. <laughs> like, Hey, that's Wedge. And then we're back to doing something else. Right. So, like it's just it's it's the little things that that I think are good and it's I didn't you know what I wanted more of the Knights of Ren. Um, yeah, you know yeah, that's that a really me, good question. Yeah, like, like what? Why did we not learn more about that? That yeah. was like it was like hey, he's part of this order, and that's it. Yeah, and it was Knights of Ren was really interesting to me. Um, mm. I'm kind of hoping now. I don't know if you read any of the Star Wars comics, 
Um, I'm sort of hoping they'll do a Knights of Ren, if not a series, and at least a mini series, yeah. um, you know, or a cartoon show or something, mm. because it lends itself. Now, what's interesting to me, though, very much so, is the fact that they're saying this is the end of the Skywalker epic right yeah and that's that's it i mean supposedly uh like daisy ridley and john boyega have already said like we're good we're done like we you know we're, we're ready to move on to other things okay fine have at it you know but i also remember when um jk rowling said well, that's it i'm done with harry potter we're done with that and and my I remember my buddy going yeah till you know you can't get a brainstorm on something else and you need some more money and then you'll go back and, Oh, look, she went back. So, you know, I don't think this is the last that we're seeing of the stuff from that. I feel like Knights of Ren could be an interesting movie standalone by itself. Yeah. Um, and a great thing I had read, God, I can't even think of how many years ago now um, was about the juxtaposition of the Star Wars series. Cause you know, now with Disney, it's a series versus the Marvel series. And they talked about the fact that the standalone movies from Marvel, before you'd have your Avengers team-ups, they always moved the story forward. And the problem with what Star Wars was doing is you had Rogue One, a Star Wars tale. It's in the past. Solo, a Star Wars tale. It's in the past. And I don't remember if uh, if Obi Wan's going to be a movie or a series uh, or not. I, I know it's going to be series. It's going to be a series. Okay. So, but again, it's it's like it's more in the past, and um, and I'm fine with with doing that. But it's like if you had had if you did your 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 Force Awakens, um, mm-hmm. and then in between you did something like, hey, we're going to do a movie on the Knights of Ren. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we're going to do a movie on uh, Phasma, right? And, and something interesting around, like, the, the Stormtrooper Academy and all that stuff. And then you go and you have your second movie, and then you do something else in between. Like, seeing Rey trying to do her training. Or, yeah. you know, like, you could have done, I know this is, I don't understand why she's a hated character, but I know she's a hated character. You could have done something with Rose Tico. You could have done something with Poe Yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, like, I don't this understand. is where I, I disagree, because I think that you make, you know, with your criticisms of the sequels, it's like fair and balanced and logical. Yep. Whereas most hatred that I see online, like, I don't agree with either. It's like yeah. just targeting people like, oh, this character sucks so much. Yeah. Like, I don't get that. Like, The only character who has ever sucked so much is Jar Jar Binks. Like every mm. other character has interesting aspects. I mean, listen, I will say that um, for whatever reason, I've never been a Laura Dern fan. Um, I'm just not a fan of the actress in a lot of things that she's been in. Uh, I, I, I anticipate your hate letters. I'm sorry. Um, but I didn't have too much of an issue with the character. I thought the character was interesting. Um, and, and so I don't, you know, there are moments of, you know, of every character where it's like, the, the 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 Mary Poppins moment for for Leia. I'm never going to be are... able to imagine that as anything yeah. else. Though. Well, that's that's just that's how I I just can't I can't see it any other way. Um, but again, like you even said, Luke being kind of whiny uh, in the beginning of of the first movie, yeah. and like there are moments for characters, but there are no characters I truly hate. 
Um, yeah. Ben Solo was whiny as all hell for a while. Yeah. You know? And and it's just... It's just a family of whiny people. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, just whiny, you know, whingy people. And the other thing is, like, I, the Mary Sue comment that I hear all the time, um, where I just... First of all, I never fully understand the whole concept of 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 Mary Sue. I don't know exactly where the insult comes from and all that stuff, but you know, just this idea that Ray can do too many things, she's too perfect, all that stuff. Mm. Um we we as a society and and I'm basically saying, you know, like Earth, we're all Superman fans. Who's a bigger Mary Sue, you know, by that definition okay. than Superman, you know? And like, that though. At, okay. least, at least with Superman, you've got like a backstory, a fully designed backstory. And it's like, yeah, he's got this unlimited power, but, you know, it's a tale of a man, you know, trying to be a, a good human being, really, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at its core. Uh, and then also, obviously, you know, uh, adjusting to his, um, to his, uh, legacy uh, well not legacy like uh, okay. heritage heritage right so i will challenge you right back how is ray not the story of someone just trying to figure out who she is her parents yeah. abandoned her she doesn't know why she doesn't know who she is and and yes there are a lot of happenstance for how these people wind up where they wind up but that happened to luke the thing the thing the the issue i think most people seem to have right because i agree right yeah. but Okay, if you take Luke as an example, right? Yep. Luke, as we know, wasn't a fully fledged Jedi by the time he was um, battling Darth Vader. Like Obi Wan confirmed that, Yoda confirmed that he sure. was, you know, strong, very strong with the Force, but not ready, right? Yep. And it was just a message of, well, you know, you just have to go for it in life, even if you're not ready, right? Yep. Um, Anakin was a fully fledged Jedi Master, very powerful. He's the chosen one. There's that, sure. right? With Rey. Obviously, as we now know, it's because of um, Palpatine, right? Sure. I guess it flows through the veins, something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but the the trouble with that is, like, she goes from has no idea, absolutely no idea whatsoever, to she's a fully fledged, like, you know, the most powerful Jedi of all time. That's what they're trying to say, and I think sure. that's more what kind of annoys people is like. You know, and that's why you need that standalone Ray movie in the middle to advance the story. Absolutely, yeah. And that's and what I it think, is. That's where they. That's yeah. why I think that they dropped the ball. That I do not think these were bad movies. No, okay? me neither. Um, and and something that I think a lot of people will will realize is that there's there will be generational arguments because everybody is going to see different um different movies through the lens of their childhood, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I, I think that, that, you know, and again, it's, it's, as my buddy says, it's not made directly for people of my generation anymore. Those in their forties and fifties, you know, it's kind of going, man, I, you know, and, and I, I do not buy into the whole concept of, uh, you're not a real fan. If no, 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 no. if you like something, you're a fan, like there's not, you know, Absolutely. you know, you know, as, as I used to tell my, my brother, it was like, okay, I get you're rooting for this team. It doesn't matter that you can't, you know, you, you can't name anybody on the roster, that's your team fine um you know it's just this mentality of everyone's got the lens of what's beloved to them and they mm. they overlook i mean that goes with people right 
You know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm certain that my wife overlooks certain aspects of my personality right. that other women who I dated had no interest in overlooking because she <laughs> truly loves me. Um, yes. You know, and, and, and the same goes for, for really anything. And you can debate, I mean, that's, so that's the beautiful part, I think, of science fiction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can debate and you can borrow from and you can see, look, I mean, I'm a big Dune fan. Anybody who's read Antares Ascended has probably quickly figured out, oh, yeah, this guy likes Dune. And, you know, there are people on the Dune boards that I like who complain all the time about how badly George Lucas ripped off Dune for Star Wars. And, you know, there's, there's all of that. There's always going to be the arguments. There's always going to be the debates. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of when you get to the anger levels, when you get like the fact that uh, Kelly Marie Tran dropped off of social media because of death threats and like anger to this, le it's like, I, I just, it, it's, there has to be like, you have to let it go to some point. And you have to be willing to say, okay, I didn't like that. I've and never understood that as well about, about, about humans, how um, whenever you don't like a character, you, you think it's real. And do you yes. know, and like you attack the actor, like yeah. what kind of stupidity is that? It's not real, it's fiction. And like more to the point, that person has not decided to do that. They're just given a script and told to play yeah. the character. I mean, so it's not if that you fault. look at if you look at some of the old interviews and, and, and articles and stuff like that, and and maybe this is a mind blower for, for some some of your your fans who are watching here, but Alec Guinness yeah. hated, hated Star Wars. Hated. He thought it was stupid. He thought the script was ridiculous. He thought the dialogue was ridiculous. He thought his costume was ridiculous. The stupid concept of the laser sword, you know, and all that. Like, he hated it. He thought it was the stupidest thing ever. But it was a paycheck. And this is, like, one of the most decorated actors ever. You know, most people only know him from Star Wars. And he was a really big deal. Mm. But, but it's just that, right? It's It's we start to forget, you know, Liam Neeson had made a comment uh, that he would never be caught dead in, you know, going to a Star Wars convention or something to that effect. And, and that like, he was not a Star Wars fan. He doesn't want to interact with fans. Meanwhile, Ewan McGregor, when they saw, um, when he saw that they did the re-release of Jedi, where Anakin was now the force ghost at the end of Jedi was replaced with um, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor started, don't edit me out. I love Star Wars. I want to be Obi-Wan forever. Don't edit me out. And it's like, it's remarkable that people don't realize like there is like, you've got to divorce the, 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 the actors from the characters. Mm. And you have to remember that this is just somebody that's why fan fiction exists. If you didn't like that, go write your own alternate ending, go do your own interesting thing. And and enjoy it and and like have fun with it instead of being angry about it because i mean we tell my daughter all the time if she's playing a game on her ipad you know or she's watching a show that that's not it's like dude if it's if it's upsetting you then stop like it's entertainment it's supposed to make you happy if it's not making you happy go do something else go watch something else go read something else and and that's like that's something where um, now I've been very, very lucky, right? I have, I've got a couple of like real hardcore fans of Antares Ascended who I've got one guy who has been tweeting and retweeting my, my Kickstarter 
more often than I have. I mean, I'm really lucky. He even went so far as he, um, so he's an aspiring writer as well. I let him write a, like a little special three-part series in the, in the universe that I sent out to all, you know, to all the readers. And uh, one of the Kickstarter rewards is an ebook. And he asked me, it's like, can, you know, can I, uh, can that be included in it? You know, like, cause he's, I was like, yeah, I will include it. I will give you the writing credit. I was like, I'll even let you write your own like forward to it before it comes in. If you want, like I'll put it at the end of the book. And cause it's going to be a collection of, of probably two years worth of, of material. And um, cause like the series is on Patreon right now, but I'm going to do a, a collection of two years worth of material. And I was like, absolutely. Like, this is cool that, I've got people who read it who will are like, look, there are negative parts of it. I'm a human being who wrote this and I'm writing it based on ideas that I had. And a lot of it comes out of, Hey, I'm a star Wars fan. I'm a Battletech fan. I'm a Dune fan, you know, and all these other things that I've read, there are elements that come in where it's like, Oh, I didn't like how they did that here. So I'm kind of writing it differently. You know what? Somebody's going to read that and they're going to go, Oh, well, you know, in this thing, they did that instead. And that was so much better where I thought, oh, I didn't like that particular thing. And that's why I'm doing it differently. And it's, and it's fine. Like, it's okay to have these differing opinions as long as you don't go ballistic on people. It's like, it's, it's just art. It's art and art is subjective. Yes. You know? And it's supposed to be enjoyable. Yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I'm on the right podcast. All right. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that way about many things. I mean, I'm into all sorts, you know, music, arts, science fiction, you name it. Like sometimes when I get comments, like hate comments on my music, I'll look at like what the person is saying. And a lot of the time it will be like a comment that's not even worth kind of yeah. really taking seriously purely because it's like, well, this is subjective. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's one thing if, if something is poorly done versus yep. if it's just not to your liking. You know what I mean? Like if it's not to your liking, that doesn't mean that it's bad. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of people that love The Last Jedi and think it's an excellent movie. And I don't think that they're wrong. You know, I, yeah. I, I had kind of have like mixed feelings about the sequels. Um, you know what I mean? Like I watched them, I enjoyed them. And I kind yeah. of, on a basic level, I kind of look at it like, if you enjoy something, then it was good on a very basic level. Do you know what I mean? But then you can yeah. pick apart things in detail if you want. And, and, and like you said, you can make your own reimaginings and stuff. So, yeah, I look, you know what I mean? I, I, so I remember walking into the first one and I mean, again, going back to greatest wife ever, right. Uh, she got ticket every, everything that came out. The only one we didn't see in the theaters was solo, um, which I finally saw on Netflix uh, last year and did not care for um, oh really? And I and I don't know why. I'm not really sure why I didn't like it. Um, I and I probably that. have to give it another watch. It just it just didn't sit right with me. Um, but you know, so my but my wife got us tickets to all three of the 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 sequel trilogy and um, uh, and Rogue One. And I remember her asking me like, "What are you thinking?" I went into this, and every single time, like, I'm not. I'm just. I just I just hope it's a well done movie. Like I hope it's fun. Um, and going into it with that mentality. You know, again, are there things in every single aspect of it that I don't particularly enjoy? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then there's stuff that I've talked about where it's like, I didn't like it at first. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That's kind of cool. Like, you, you know, you look at the fact that people people talk about the, um, like, like Ben Solo in that first one walking through the woods. And, and it's like, 
they make it a point to show you how powerful Chewie's bowcaster is. And this dude took shots and shook them off. And he's just like hitting himself in the side just to try and keep himself going and still like, you know, powerful like that. And, and I think that then plays into like the natural power of, Oh, how was Ray able to stand up and handle this? Oh, well, this dude did just get shot by this Wookiee bowcaster. So it's like amazing on both sides. Like, okay, cool. You know what? I can, I can dig that. Like I can get behind it. Um, you know, and, and, but there are other things where it's like, ah, did, you know what? I didn't love this part, but I liked it and I had fun and I enjoyed the movies and, you know, I went into it with that mentality of, I don't want to have a set of expectations. Cause I, mm. you know, I went in when Phantom Menace came out, you know, the idea of first star Wars in my, like to be in the theaters, not so much in my lifetime. Cause what was uh, Jedi, I think was, was 1981. Right. So, I mean, I was alive. I was four. Uh, my parents were not taking me to see that. Um, but to be able to see it in the theaters was, and I was so overblown with excitement that I was let down. And, and I do think that, you know, as I'm going to go through and, Hey, you know, Disney plus we're watching everything else a hundred times uh, during quarantine. So, you know, maybe we go and we do the marathon and maybe we watch the prequels finally with her. And maybe I won't have as much of an issue with episode one. I, that that'll be that'll be a tough one to change for me but but two and three have grown on me over the years and you know i'm to the point where i actually i kind of like attack of the clones i i like revenge of the sith um because i've watched it so many times that there are elements of it that i like and you know watching it with her today and, and explaining all the stuff and just realizing I'm like yeah you know what this isn't that bad like i don't have an issue with it so much anymore and and it's just I think that expectations can make a difference. I mean, listen, we went, we saw, um, we saw the Rolling Stones. Uh, oh. what was it two years ago? So what, when did Mick, Mick had his heart attack? Um, and they're back out on the road, like six months later. And, uh, someone forgot to tell Mickey had a heart attack. And, um, you know, I had seen them. It was funny cause we saw them in the new giant stadium. My wife had never seen them. And I had seen them probably about 10 years prior in the old giant stadium. And, and I went in thinking, okay, Mick Jagger just had a heart attack. These guys are, you know, probably worn down and let's see how this goes. I'm not going to have any expectations. I'm just going to be happy that they play the songs that I like. And I came out of there going, Oh my God, they were better than when I saw them 10 years ago. Um, And, and it was just, I, I, you know, that's just been a thing for me over the years that uh, maybe it came with age. Um, But I've sort of gone in and I try not to have, high expectations going in anything because mm. if you set the bar too high then it's impossible for other people to meet what's in your head yes. um like you ever have somebody get mad at you because you did something in a dream that they had and you didn't even know it yeah um, so yeah i mean it's like it's it's one of those things it's it's like i can't control or i can't control what your expectations are of me um so i try to control what my expectations are so that i go in and and it's not so bad, you know, and then I, I find enjoying myself and, you know, again, back to it's entertainment, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Why not? So I know maybe I'm oversimplifying life, but, but no, better I than overcomplicating. I think you got it down, man. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> right. Shall, shall we talk about you now? <laughs> we, can, we can do that. I'm okay with that. I was not expecting to talk about, Star Wars for nearly an hour. I love that. I could talk about it all day. Oh, yeah. But we do need to talk about you. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. 
<laughs> right now a few times there you mentioned your kickstarter yes, sir and this kickstarter is to fund a mobile game based on alien gladiators and i think i'm pronouncing <laughs> this correctly from the antares ascended universe is that right yep, i i'm okay with Antares. somebody asked me the other day is it, is it antares or antares i was like i say antares you antares. can say antares i don't like i, I don't care um so okay. yes it's it's based on antares ascended um and the idea is so i'm going to give a spoiler alert for anybody who decides to, to to join the patreon and wants to read the series or who gets the ebook as part of the backing uh so everybody's so so this race they're called Homins, H-O-M-Y-N. Uh, some of the backstory that you'll see in there as you read it is that the mythic travelers had arrived in there and um, and there was this whole, uh, the um, there's a, a thing that I call Carva, K-A-R-V-A. And it's based on like a shared psychic mind space, right? And, um, and so in the middle of their palms, they have these purple things called volets. And when they press those together, and there's at least three of them together, they launch into the shared mind space. Um, so what what the idea is that back before there were Hamans, Volets were their own thing, and they ended up for mutual survival. They merged with whatever the travelers were. They're humans. Just don't tell anyone, but they're humans. It reminds um, me of the Ood from Doctor Who for some reason. So I'm going to say they... this again, very risky. I haven't actually watched Doctor Who. Wow. Um, that's a that's a thing that my buddies have been on me for for a while, and it's gotta watch it, man. There's oh no, I know, I know, and everybody's got their everybody's got their own Doctor that they're very very partial yeah. to. Um, there's so much content and so little time that uh, that you know a bunch of my friends don't have kids, so it makes it easy yeah. for them to watch what they need. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so you know, so this idea that um, you know. Hamans by nature are aggressive. And so there's this thing that gets referred to a number of times of the War of Lords. And um, there are all of these houses. There's, there's major and minor houses that, that all came out of the War of Lords. And there's this prophecy that's really driving the, the first couple of years of the series um, that, that comes out of that. And so part of the decision was that um, the... Archon, what was it the initial? I can't remember if I made it the first or the second Archon, who, who you know, from House Antares, who runs the Empire, created this uh, arena fighting thing. Uh, it had been called Torian Games for a while. I sort of decided to retire that name. Um, I suspended the Torian Games during during the war that's been happening now. Uh, and now, uh, spoiler alert: something that's going to be happening in the coming months is that the um, uh, one of the princes, who is a gladiator himself, is restarting it, and it's going under the name Antares Arena, so it's sort of tying it into, and so it's basically the official sport of the Antares Empire, because you've got these violent people, and how do you, how do you take them and give them an out, outlet so that society can be peaceful, and so this is this official sport, and the idea is that, like, they have, um, they wear what are called warden suits and a warden suit protects you completely, but it's wired on the inside. So you get hit. It's not going to break your arm, but your arm is going to feel as if it were broken. So you're getting the pain sensations and it's slowing you down. And so the, 
the battle will end once you've basically been, you know, bludgeoned to, to the point where you would in theory be dead, but then they release you from your, your warden suit hold, you get up and you walk away, right? Um, and the main weapon is the pulse baton, which basically looks like uh, almost like a baseball bat, right? Um, and uh, all of this stuff, crazy enough, harkens back to something I came up with in college and, and just kind of pulled it off the shelf and, and, and refabricated it uh, in the last few years. And so that's the mentality for, for this game. Um, and I had sort of, I used to do like tournaments and I would just list the results and the play-by-play and, and put those out there um, as part of the stuff for the Patreon. And I was like, oh, this would make just a cool game. A couple, a couple of questions here. Sure, hit um, me. What is the name of the game? So the game is Antares Arena. Antares, Antares Arena. Arena. Okay. Yep. And then, I, I mean, I think you've laid it out there, but I just want to confirm this. Sure. So the books are, the, the science fiction books are all part of that Antares Ascended Universe that you yeah, read. Yeah, so there's, there's a monthly... Yeah, so what it is is that on Patreon, if anybody's familiar with Patreon, I just do, there are monthly uh, issues, right? And somewhere in the, towards the end of the first year, I actually separated out um, because uh, House Antares is, you know, they, they, they run the, um, the, they run the empire and then kind of the ancient enemy uh, was House Veracheoa. And so a lot of this is based around, I'm not really giving this, uh, giving much up because it happens in the first issue and the first issue is free. So um, the nephew of, of the Archon, uh, uh, who his mother is of House Veracheoa and, and the grandfather tried to broker peace by having them, them marry in. And there is this prophecy that says that, you know, House Veracheoa will, will rise again. Um, so even though he's actually in Antares, he embraces House Veracheoa and he assassinates his own father, brother of the Archon, his aunt, wife of the Archon, and his brother, who he referred to as an Antares lapdog, where his brother would shoot back and say, but we are Antares. And so it's, it's kind of, that's, that's a lot of the underlying. So there are two different storylines going right now of, of Antares and Virachoa on a monthly basis in Patreon. And then this game is, is basically growing out of the science fiction series. And so hopefully if this goes well, I will come up with other games coming out of the universe. Okay, yeah, I, f- I figured that was the case. I just wanted to like fully understand that because to me it yeah, could sure. seem like the books uh, are, are like, I guess, like the main sort of attraction, so to speak, and, and then the game—not that the game isn't, but the game is like one aspect of this wider universe kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Oh yeah. Um, moving it forward, uh, what's what's your target for the Kickstarter and? <laughs> um, like how much, how how far are you off from achieving your goal for it? Oh, pretty far off right now. Um, okay. You know, and, and I realize I sort of a I launched it during um, <laughs> during holiday time, and uh, and b I know that you know most Kickstarters tend to to get really the bulk of their funding in the last week of the of the program, right? So um, so what I needed, what I I, I basically have uh, a company 
who I connected with that uh, I learned that a friend of mine had started a few years back. And so she gave me a quote and I basically took that, figured out what Kickstarter's fees get, get subtracted by. Uh, so I had to go up a little bit. And right now I think I'm, I think the number is uh, 78,000 USD that I need to hit. Um, oh, I just crossed over the, the 2K mark the other okay. day. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, that, you know, we, we see some folks actually come in and go, Oh yeah, you know what? I want to back this. I want to make this happen. Like the game looks like it's going to be fun and stuff like that. I, I got to say like, you know, it sounds like a lot, but it's like, I've seen a lot of Kickstarters over the years and you know, it is, it is just simply about getting the numbers really. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, if everyone chips in like $2, $3, whatever, yeah. then it, you get it like quicker than quicker than you realize. Oh, yeah. And this I feel like this is a fantastic idea. Like it's, it sounds very original. I can hear, I can sort of see that there are certain things that, you know, it reminds me of, but that's good. Cause I think everything is, is anything you, you know, nothing is truly original. Everything is based on, <laughs> that's just how yeah. art works. No, I know that. <laughs> yeah. I know you know that, but I don't think everyone else in the world seems to know, understand that. <laughs> there seems yeah, to always be truly, people that. Truly unique ideas are hard to come by. Yeah. There's always um, someone yeah. to be like, that's a rip off of this thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But a lot of times they're wrong because everything is based mm -hmm. on everything. Um, but yeah, with this Kickstarter and, and this game and Atari's, Antares ascended and you can call it Antares. That's cool, man. It's okay. Antari, Antares. It sounds better with your accent arena. than with mine. You know, I'm 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 from New York. You're from London. Who's got the cooler accent? Let's be realistic here. I don't know. I think they're both quite charming in in some ways. You know. <laughs> but no, with 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 these with these this game and this uh, this series, you can tell a lot of work has gone into this. And um, moving it forward uh, to. To your patreon I, I noticed this even more when i looked at the different levels and stuff like you've got like this kind of tier system going on uh where there's like a, a smaller monthly fee for one level and then a, a slightly higher fee for like more exclusive content more premium etc yeah. so um with uh with this patreon um what else do, do people get? Like, what can people, can people expect when they sign up for this Patreon? Sure. So, um, I mean, that's the way, number one, that's how you're going to get the, um, the ongoing two story storylines. Right. Um, but then, you know, I did, I did a little bit of a divergent, uh, was it last month? Uh, it was either October or November. Um, I had been getting, you know, some, some requests to, kind of focus on a single character for a little bit right because oh, you know because everything yeah, like almost harkens back to what i was talking about with the the movies in between right um because everything really focuses a lot on um you know so on the one side you've got ogan and terry's he's the archon if you've seen the image in my my twitter he's the guy sitting in the throne kind of like this right um and and then on the vera Choa side it it kind of focuses a lot on uh, Tupan Verachoa and and his mother Okala, right? And then you know there are other characters that sort of go around. And there was a bit that focused a little more on um, on Portis, who is the the heir to the throne. Uh, so I had gotten a little bit of you know people say, ah, can you do more on Portis? Can you do something on Portis? So I actually did a three part mini series. Like I I I you know I kind of diverged from the normal storylines for a bit. I did a three part mini series on on Portis. 
um, which is not something that like you're not going to get that stuff. It's not like I'm going to throw that stuff out out there as as for anything. I've done some like little one-off short stories and things in, in the universe that you know that I'll throw out there for free. Um, but yeah, that's something that's that's part of it. I think that I'm going to do. Um, you know, there's an interesting storyline about. I, I'm I'm cutting a little bit of a head for 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 folks who haven't read it, but uh, you know, you've got so so there are three children, and the oldest one is Tirza, and she was the original um, heir to the throne, and she decided to go down the road of the priesthood, um, and uh, part of the priesthood is they they actually are required in one of their rights that they drink this kind of potion that sterilizes them. And she decided that uh, she wanted to number one, go down the road of the priesthood. That's really sure what she wanted. She didn't want to be part of the, uh, the, the Royal hierarchy and the way that she was able to get her father off her back is using a very non-feminist technique, but that she knew would very much, you know, irritate him. She said, I can't give you an heir if I, like, I, there can't be an heir for me. So if I take the throne, then there will be chaos and there will be war again after I die. Is that what you want? And so she knows that's not how, how her father thinks. She knows that's not how she thinks, but she basically put it that way because she knows that if she says it in front of the council, the council will argue him down. And so it's sort of like a, she's, she's very intelligent and she's very powerful and she's empathic, but she also uh, is abhorrent of war. And so she very recently took over the planet. She kicked off the military. She she required an end to to all uh, arena fighting. And she has basically made her planet one of peace and one of religion only. And it's all about the gods here. And so um, I'm probably going to do another trilogy digging deeper into her. Um, I for a while had been doing some stories of the gods, right? And I may get back into doing some of those again uh, as well, because I like to throw fun things out there. I want to give, you know, look, we're, we're, we're all stuck in the house and it's going to get colder again. And we may be all stuck in the house a lot more coming soon. Um, so I want to give people stuff to read, you know, I want to give, I want to give people content, you know, stuff yeah, to yeah. do. And um you know, I, I just, I think it's important to be able to put more out there and especially for the people who are, who are going to be contributing to me and, and supporting me. I want to give them more than they were bargaining for. You know, that's, I think that's just fair. What are the main goals and aspirations you have for your game and your books in general? Um, my main aspiration. Um, I want people to read the books I want them to enjoy the storylines. I want them to talk about it. I want them to invite their friends to do it. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't have any delusions of being an icon. Um, you know, Timothy Zahn, Michael A. Stackpole, you know, those are people who I revere. Um, you know, I, there's so many more, right? And, um, you know, and I, I don't expect to be George. Uh, you know, I, we all want to be George. What's that? We all want to be George. Yeah, you know, it's like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have, I don't have any thoughts of that. You know, I don't have any thoughts of being Jeff Bezos or anything like that either. You know, i I would love, I would love the game to, I would love the Kickstarter to, to, to you know, to be successful. I would love the game to be played by a loyal group of people. Um, 
you know, I mean, if it's not, if I don't have millions of people playing it around the world, but you know, there's like 50 to a hundred thousand who are like, yeah, I love playing this game. And hell, if it makes just enough money to pay for my daughter to go to college, you know, I mean, I, I happen to love my job, so I'm not in any, any hurry to go, go leave that. Um, but you know, what, this what is, do you, what do you do for work? Like, so I am a, uh, I'm a solutions architect focusing on, uh, selling uh, support services for a very major SaaS company. There, I think that I'm not wearing anything around. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want anybody to home, think that they endorse me or anything like that. But yeah, I, I'm in. For those uh, who don't you know, know, that means uh, software as a service. Oh, sorry. So, yes, software uh, as a service. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I started my career as a programmer. That's why the the prototype for the game, uh, you know, is a is a non-mobile optimized web game that you know I've spent. I spent time over the quarantine teaching myself PHP uh, and teaching myself MySQL because I started off as an ASP and SQL Server guy many years ago, uh, potentially while, while some of your viewers were still in elementary school and because uh, I'm old. And, uh, you know, and now I, I've moved, you know, I've moved into services and sales. And, uh, and so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I actually love my job, um, but, you know, this is my passion. And mm. so writing and, and, you know, it's like if – if I were to go into retirement one day where what I'm focused on is I'm still writing, you know, I'm writing on Terry's Ascended and I revisit my Olympus Union stuff and I, you know, and I have two or three games that I've, I've helped to, to, you know, to, to foster. And, and that's just what I do. I mean, you know, my, 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 one of my grandfathers worked, he was a professor until, I think he was probably 83 or 84 when he finally had to ha had to call it quits. And, um, you know, I just, I look at that, you know, he said, I was like, why are you still working? He goes, cause I'm having fun. Mm. And, and so that's to me, it's like, if I were writing and I were working on games into my eighties, that's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. You know? So, so it's just, it's fun. And that's, that's really my aspiration for this. That's awesome, man. That's exactly the same aspiration I have, you know, just to, to, do, to enjoy what I do for a living and love it. That, that should yeah. be everyone's goal, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the game, though, because I, I want to sure. explore this. So, again, yeah. for, um, for those listening and watching, the game is called Antares uh, Arena. And um, I, I guess I just wanted to... Like, I understand, you know, you're still pushing... Um, that the game is still in development and yep. it's, you know, obviously dependent on, on the Kickstarter yeah, and everything, yeah. but let's assume it, all things go well. Um, first of all, is the game, will it be like a freemium model or what yep. kind of model? Okay. Yep. So, so here, let me, let me give you kind of a little land, right? The idea is you come in and uh, you'll have a gladiator template that you can choose off of your initial four gladiators. Um, you have different skills and, um, they are, uh, <laughs> they are all based off of, uh, of traditional, uh, paper and dice role-playing because that's stuff that I've written before. And so when I coded a lot of the, the sequences, um, even though it's like, you might have a, a strength of 3.2 in my mind, that's three dice plus two, um, you know, and so that's sort of how I've coded the mentality in the background. Right. Um, you go in and you can buy weapons, you can buy armor, uh, you challenge, you go into the arenas and you will, you will fight. Um, 
You'll have winnings. Uh, even if you lose, you're still going to get some money. The currency is called Kovals. Uh, and then you train yourself up and then you, you know, you kind of uh, lather, rinse, repeat, right? Um, going beyond that, the idea is that, uh, and all of that's free to play, right? You know, I'm, I am going to be putting in something that, you know, a lot of games have, like you have only so many, uh, uh, times to challenge mm. while you power your your stamina back up and stuff like that so that'll be time-based um and and you know i'm gonna be introducing concept of gems and gems will allow you to if you want to go fight again before you're completely powered back up if you want to buy more advanced weaponry um things of that nature gems will be something that you can either buy or watch a video to, to like to, to earn um and there will be videos to earn stuff you will be able to buy buy more gems and use them to buy more of the currency like the, the coals and stuff like that i'm trying to keep it simple right like i don't want it to be a billion different things that people would spend money on um because i want it to be more about the fun and the gameplay yeah. um and then the eventual idea is that you're going to be able to buy additional gladiators uh, so that you can have a, um, you know, just kind of a, a cast of characters that, that you're playing, which, you know, you can level up your different gladiators. Uh, I'm going to set it up so that you can buy weapons and then stick them in a storage locker and then go buy another weapon for yourself instead of selling back your old weapon, you throw it in the storage locker and you're, you know, one of your lesser gladiators can now use that so you don't have to go buy it again. And um, eventually I'm going to be introducing, you know, instead of having just one-on-one, -on -one, you'll have three-on-three -three kind of battles and stuff like that. And, um, and ever-evolving, right? I mean, there are, there are games that I play that there's a little bit of inspiration that's come from. You know, if anybody's played Dragon City, if anybody's played Archero, um, you know, those are games that I, I sort of had looked at and said, you know what, I like these aspects of the game. And so I'm going to try and incorporate them in. Uh, we're incorporating in um, fighter prestige, you know, different levels of, um, of arenas are going to have different levels of fighters. So are you fighting somebody who's on your level, who's below you, who's stronger than you? It's going to affect your prestige. It's going to, like, their prestige levels will be different. It's going to affect your rewards. Um, you know, there's going to be an audience happiness factor. So, like, if the... <laughs> that's oh, cool. yeah. And that's, you know, there's, like, I want to do a sliding scale where it's, like, look, you know what? The, the reality is that um, if it's a squash match then no one wants to see that. You know, I mean, I remember... Are you by chance a wrestling fan as well? <laughs> I, so Maybe. I haven't watched in, in a few years. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, my, my friends and I in college, uh, so I went to the University of Albany, and, uh, wow, well, I'm like making it... If I use any of that stuff for my passwords, it would be so easy to hack me at this point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I went to, to, to University of Albany, and my, my friends and I, we would go to uh, a Raw or SmackDown yeah, taping yeah, yeah. every single year. Um, we went to, there was a, a pay-per-view that came, so we went to that. And, uh, yeah, cool. so, so in the, you know, in the late 90s and the early 2000s, I was, I was pretty much a, so that's the thing. It's like, uh, I think about uh, Bill Goldberg back in the day, WCW, and his matches were so often squash matches, and I'm like, all right, that was kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, go Bill. But like, I, not as impressive as the long matches. You know? I, I think like, it I really depends, doesn't it? Like, if yeah, like I, I could. By the way, I'm a massive wrestling fan. I could talk all day about this, but <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it back to the game. Sure. Um, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I think is a, there's a big difference between obviously, you know, if you're watching something, you know, outside, um, 
outside in an arena you know you're yeah, watching yeah. it on an arena and stuff and and you're watching it live you you kind of maybe feel cheated whereas if you're watching it you know on tv maybe it's a bit different i don't know yeah, like, that's true. i suppose you can make an argument for both really it, yeah. it depends but in the context of a game you know i've seen this in certain games i've seen this in um wwe games i've seen them do that yep. um i've think i've seen it in something else i can't remember but yeah it's it is it make it makes sense um and i suppose it depends how you want to play a game do you want to get it through it quickly or do you want to kind of like have fun do you know what i mean like for instance you said yeah. there's like different types of fighters so i imagine there'll be like fighters that are more like you know assassins ones that are more like brute force yeah, you've you know. got speedy people you've got the yeah. savage like like you know i just want to i'm going to swing at your head every single time and uh you know uh I've actually put in stuff where it's like, if you just sit there and you're, you're going headshot, 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 hey, you're swinging out like this, you're up. And I've made it so that the computer's going to recognize, oh, you're doing multiple head swings in a row. I'm going to hit you in the body now because you're leaving yourself wide open and now you're going to get hit even harder. And that's, yeah. you're taking a risk. And, um, you know, when I've got different stuff like that. Like it's, if, I, if you get hit in the head, but it's not hard enough to do damage, you're going to be dizzy. Uh, you know, you get hit in the arm and it's not enough to do damage. Your, your arm's going to be numb, which means it's going to be harder to land the strike, right? And, you know, I, I try to make it so that there's, it has to be, I like the casual aspect of it. So there has to be casual aspect to it, mm. but there also has to be some, like, it's, it's not, you're not just going tap, 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 next, tap, 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 next. you know, like there's, there's yeah, gotta be something yeah, yeah, to yeah. it where you've got to think there's gotta be some strategy to it. It's tricky, isn't it? Not knowing which, which type of game to, to do, because, you know, classic beat em ups, you know, they do, they do well, but yeah. so, so to, but this is the thing, like fans these days are so picky. Some people say, Oh, I hate classic beat em ups. <laughs> I, I want something that's more, you know, you know, there's more strategy to it and it's yeah. more complex. And other people will say like, Oh, there's not enough fighting. It's too strategic. Like whatever. I don't yeah. know. That's but, why yeah. the top end of my aspiration is like, you know, a couple of hundred thousand people playing it. I'm yeah. good. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need millions. I want, I want to have people who are actually going to enjoy it and who are going to mm. give feedback of, Hey, I like this part. And you know, but I would love, I would love to see something like that. You know, I did right. um, going through with this web version of the game as I was kind of building out the prototype, I had a bunch of alpha testers and you know, okay. who I would ask and I would survey, do you like this part? Do you, as I built the functionality along, you know, is this stuff that's cool to you? Do you want this? Do you care about this? Should I dig? And I got really interesting feedback. So that's the beauty of the internet. And I think a lot of folks forget that it's, you know, if you don't like the way this is, it can be changed. It's just yes. code. You know, it's not stone. It's not books. There was a challenge. I remember a, a number of years ago. So my, my buddy's a, um, a Wiki, one of the like Wikipedia editors. And I remember him telling me that, like they, they actually went. It's, it's they, an actual job. I thought it was just people messing around. On yeah, no, no, no. He, that's a, like, it's a, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, it's hobbyist, but like you have to, they're pretty, pretty forceful on making sure that you are above board and like ah, they so it's like a volunteer style thing yeah it's a volunteer thing but they like they police the articles and they make sure that you're not you know like like people aren't messing with stuff on purpose but okay. i remember he he told me a few years back that um they they did like this this comparison between maybe it was encyclopedia britannica and wikipedia to see who's more accurate 
And so they found out like, and, and Wikipedia was, what was it? He said there was something only like, like 3% inaccuracy or something that, yeah. that, you know, and, and it was about the same for Encyclopedia Britannica print version. And so Wikipedia turned around and, and like a week later said, okay, we fixed all of the issues. Can you check us again? And it's like, we can fix this. We can change this. If this is wrong, we can change this. See, that blows, that kind of blows my mind. I, cause I, don't think I've ever spoken to anyone about this. So I've got loads of questions right now. Like, for example, I'm not an editor, so I don't know all the answers. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But like through your, through your friend, um, how are they able to so quickly like edit, you know, like if someone like passes away, someone yeah. fairly notable, like I seriously, like with, there's memes made about this. The fact that, you know, it's changed within the hour. If that, like oh, they're it's... so, and they change like every, so if it's a long article on, I don't know, Who's just passed away recently? Um, Chadwick Boseman. Okay, Chadwick Boseman. Right. So they'll change like every single um, instance of like he is to he was. He was. Yep. Like throughout the entire article. And those are long articles in many. I think that that they have people who are assigned to different areas. And um, I mean, I've done, I've written a couple Wikipedia articles in the past. I mean, it's been years, but I've written some Wikipedia articles probably, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And the interface is pretty straightforward. Um, And it's, I don't think it's that difficult to do. It's more about making sure that you're being factual, you know? Right. Um, And uh, so, yeah, so it's, I mean, it is, people don't realize how impressive that is, but that's the big thing, right? It's, it's, it's the internet and um, that it's double-edged, right? It's, there is that danger because you can change anything, right? But when it comes to this perspective of, of a website or a game, you know, I mean, if there's functionality that, that, that you're finding that is just no good and there's a, cogent reason behind why it should be changed it can be changed you know i mean as i was developing stuff there were certain things where i said oh man, i really don't want to change that because that's core to it okay you know that's going to take me a long time to rebuild and so i went and i rebuilt it and you know and then other stuff where it's hey could i just have this i could probably make that happen yeah and just adding <laughs> I have that within my powers yeah, yeah. So there was, I, I can't remember what the issue was. I remember being asked about something like, how come you can't do this? I was like, I don't know, man, physics. What's it, what's um, it like being a Wikipedia god? <laughs> <laughs> the power you wield. <laughs> yeah, oh, I wish I was a Wikipedia god. No, just, just, just a low-level nerd. <laughs> I mean, I'm I will just, say, I will I'm say just one a scruffy-looking nerve herder. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that I get that straight away, but there'll be people watching like, what, what, do you, what does he mean by that? And it's like, <laughs> you, you just got to be in there. But anyway, no, um, yeah, no, Wikipedia, I will say this, it's changed a lot over the years because I remember messing around when I was, you know, in my late high school years on Wikipedia entries and you could get away with quite a lot and it would take like upwards of an hour or two before it would be fixed. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, as you said, like really strict and it's almost near impossible to edit articles if you're not like, I suppose one of the official agreed. Yeah. I mean, there, I think that they, they take their, and, and I don't know if I want to say the word responsibility, but I can't think of a better word for it because I think they realize how much of the world relies on them. Yeah. And they take that as a, a serious responsibility to look, you know what we need to, as much as we can, ensure there's not going to be misinformation because people are coming to us for it and they've become a tr- 
true and trusted and respected resource. So. See, this is where you say this though, because I remember when I was at uni not, not long ago, uh, university. <laughs> and... Not allowed to quote Wikipedia in your bibliography. Right. And the thing is, there's, okay, there's different ways you can look at this because one thing I did use Wikipedia for was actually the sources because yeah. you drop to the bottom of an article, yep. you can't, you know, source Wikipedia, you can use the articles at the bottom sure, and yeah, yeah. To the original sources. So yeah. if you find a page that's got lots and lots of sources, chances are the information you're reading is much more reputable because yeah. it comes from official sources. Yep. Oh yeah. And I right. think that's why they do that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like there is still this massive stigma and in despite of all the efforts of the Wikipedia editors and everyone trying to make the website better and, and more reliable, I don't know that you can really get rid of that Wikipedia stigma of, you know, like you can't really trust this. And so, you know what I mean? Yet, yet. I think, I think the word yet is important there because, um, and this can tie into every single element of what we've talked about today. Right. Um, So you, you, you were born what, like 92? 93. 93. Okay. <laughs> I believe that's right around the same time that, that, uh, th- that my cousin was born and she does not really know a world without the internet. She doesn't know a world without, really? yeah, she, I mean, for the most part, she doesn't, she doesn't really know a world without the internet. I mean, um, I guess it's for me, I didn't get the internet until like 2004. So I was, I think I was like 11 at the time. So I remember like having a Nokia 3310 and, and like, dial up and, and life well, but even that though i mean you were even when it was dial up it was still into the like you were dialing into the internet it's not like I, I just remember of... like not internet being like a novelty thing that a you know because we were poor growing up so like not sure not something we had like the computer that was in my parents house was um just <laughs> i mean it was the black and green oh sure story. of course and my mum did yeah. her entire dissertation and that's the, that. i mean listen it's like I didn't really get a chance to, to get into, I mean, so I started, I started uh, university at uh, 1995, right? And um, what was it August of 95? And so having this, this access and being able to go to, go to the stuff was really, really cool. Right. But it was, know, it was more like a kind of a, like what you see sometimes in those, like, uh, you know, crime shows sometimes oh, yeah. when like, someone goes to the library yeah. and, like they're going through like old newspapers exactly. yeah. you know like, that's what it used to be like but but think know. about so so you turned 10 in 2000 uh no i would have been seven seven oh sorry you turned seven Ish. in 2000 okay yeah so so even even more so right so so you know the internet has always for the most part been a part of your formative years and like like it what it okay so yes and no like when i was growing up as a kid mm-hmm. and i don't know if this is because i was a poor kid or if if um it was just life for us but i don't remember everyone having like regular access to the internet sure. and a computer at home okay still like early high school 11 12 i think i was about 11 or 12 before we actually had a working computer okay with internet and stuff but like, i get it's probably different for yeah. every family yeah and it's it's possible i mean listen i mean we, we we definitely grew up poor and there are things that people talk about from the 80s like yeah do you remember this no but <laughs> and, and maybe yeah. you know and maybe for me you know the internet thing is that there's a lot of technology that's been in my family right. a lot of people working in technology and being in new york and stuff like that mm-hmm, it, it mm-hmm. was just um but it's like you know she she never had a cassette recorder 
you know she she had a cd player and then an ipod um actually that's a good point you know because i remember cassettes in my mum's house yep but i never used one i i used the walkman the cd player that was the first thing i used i think and so so i but i look at your generation that has really spent a lot of time with you know, like you said you got to university and wikipedia was a thing it wasn't a thing yet when i when i would you know when i got there oh, okay. um so and i mean i remember coming out of college and i worked for an e-commerce company i used to do stuff um and, and it was a lot of submissions into to search engines when it was yahoo and lycos and hotbot mattered and excite mattered and at the end of the week, if I had leftover time, I would submit stuff to Canada.com, which was the backdoor entrance to this tiny little thing that nobody cared about called Google. Um, you know, and then, you know, and like all of a sudden things change, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the idea that people are using Apple computers like would make no sense to 20 years ago of me. Um, so, so you know, like you think about that stuff, right? And then I think about, so my daughter will never know a universe without streaming music, streaming television and movies. Um, you know, so I think that you talk about the, the to, to tie this all the way back, I apologize. Uh, uh, my writing's not as rambling uh, uh, readers and followers. And um, so to tie it all back, it's, I think the Wikipedia stigma um, will also go the way of the ebook stigma that once a generation comes into play, it, it's all about who's in charge, right? The reason that that you that you were not allowed to use Wikipedia as a trusted source in university is because of the fact that the people who are in charge said so. When your generation is 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 the professors, and when my daughter is at university, then odds are Wikipedia will suddenly become more accepted. You know the the ebook the the concept of ebooks initially, you know, were falling flat originally, but my generation, who oftentimes gets referred to as the Oregon Trail generation, um, because we grew up with computers introducing into and becoming a bigger and bigger part of our world. You know, and like when you look at when the Kindles came out, when the phones came out, when internet came out, for us, for my generation, embracing uh, ebooks has become a big thing. And it's like to be able to turn around to your parents and go, look, you can increase the font size. My father probably reads more ebooks than I do now. Yeah. And, um, you know, that it's, I think it's the embracing of the technology, it's the playing of the games. Listen, I mean, like I said, if this were, if this were 20 years ago, uh, Ontario's Ascended would, would be probably like a email newsletter that I had set up and Ontario's Arena, I would be doing as a tabletop role-playing game, um, you know. Which I still think you should do, by the way. Oh, it's tempting. Um, <laughs> you should it definitely is, do that. It, it is incredibly off, tempting. Do it, <laughs> do it. Yeah, it's, it's very, very tempting. Here, hang on. I'm going to take a... Danielle, I'm going to need your help turning that into... <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend who used to... She owned a um, a, a board game and role-playing um, 
uh, pub, and she is our dungeon master uh, oh, when cool. we play Remote Dungeons and Dragons. She is one of the coolest humans on the face of the earth. And if I were ever to going to to turn into a tabletop game, uh, yeah, to to like impressive. a true D and D style role playing game, she's the person who I need to leverage. So, and then I'll I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know. I'll, I'll I'll slack you later, and I'll let you know that I called you out in this. Um, Actually, that kind of draws me onto to something because um, one of the questions I had for you was kind of what your opinion of um, sort of science fiction today is. Because sure. as you were talking there, it kind of reminded me of Stranger Things and how you know they're like playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and obviously the the yeah. series itself is set in the eighties yep. uh, as the backdrop and everything. But like you know, it, it as as we said in, at the beginning of this episode, you know, there's a lot of um, I suppose that nerdy I don't want to call it nerdy it feels, it feels like such a negative word it shouldn't be it's you know what I mean like to me nerdy is a, is a like good thing but anyway um there's a lot of that stuff prevalent in society now especially in popular culture and I just kind of wanted to know like what's your opinion of like where science fiction is now and where do you think it's headed in the future where is it now um there's a lot of content and I think the different streaming services, the, uh, the ability to self-publish on Kindle, Patreon, um, there's so much ability to, to, to churn out stuff. Um, and like, there's some real crap out there. <laughs> um, there's, there's some stuff that I've wandered by where it's like, I'll just take a flyer and I'll try and start watching something on Netflix. I'm like, Ooh, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> but there is such good stuff to the point where like there are things that are on the sci-fi network um that have gotten retired that i'm like why did you cancel that uh mm. i'm i'm you know i'm part of a, a a group who we're a little more silenced these days because it's it's too far away from um from from being able to be a reality to come back but you know the show dark matter uh i was stumping hard for season four to come back um you know, we talk about how we want our Firefly moment, uh, you know, like give us our movie to wrap things up. Um, you know, they, I've heard that they may be redoing uh, a re-reimagined Battlestar Galactica. Um, you know, the, if you, I, I, I luckily stumbled into uh, John Scalzi and this, um, this great series that I've started reading that, that I'm plowing through. And my wife and I are both reading Ready Player Two. And that is a be doing... great movie. Oh, it's dude, it's fantastic. So, so the book, interestingly, the book for uh, Ready Player Two, the sequel, um, which came out on my birthday. Uh, so thank you, Ernest Klein. Um, I knew you did that on purpose. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's it was a little dark. It started a little slowly and then Holy crap, we are on the roller coaster, you know? And, and it's like, there's, I mean, Timothy Zahn still putting stuff out and there's more Thrawn stuff. And, um, you know, like you go, like I said, Patreon gives some really, really cool things that some, some well-respected authors can go and do their own thing. So like I support Michael A. Stackpole because he's a God and yet people don't seem to, to realize, you know, who he is. And, um, and that's a shame to me, you know, and yeah. like with what comic books are doing it, I just, I think it's so great that there's so much available. And to me, it's, you don't have to love everything. You don't, no one can say you're not a science fiction fan because you don't follow or you don't like, or you're, it's just, I, I, I get annoyed by that. Right. Mm. Um, and 
I think it's tremendous because every kind of subgenre that you want to get into, you like space opera, there's something for you. If you like hard science fiction, military science fiction, like there's always something for you. Anybody who has watched Altered Carbon, it's like, holy cow, you know, you get, you get your twists and you get your weird stuff and you get your, um, you get your military. So I think science fiction today is, it's excellent because of the fact that there is so much, there's a lot of really good stuff. There are a lot of people who you've never heard of who are building cult followings. I might be one of them for all I know. Um, you know, and, and there's the ability to debate, you know, and it's yeah. as long as they don't get angry, as long as they don't get violent, you know, but like there's good debates on Twitter. There's good debates on Facebook. Um, there's good debates on, on podcasts. And I, I think that that's, you know, I, I think that that's a really special thing that's happening now and I hope it continues for a long time. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, as we draw things to a close for today, do you have any upcoming projects aside from the ones that we've discussed or maybe some final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I'm hoping to do some really, really fun stuff uh, with Ontario's Ascended. Um, you know, if the game is funded, everybody go out there and do that. Um, but, you know, if, if the game is funded, then I think I'm going to do some really cool stuff with that. And I hope to, you know, have it go well enough that the game itself could fund the construction of a second game because I have some other mm. ideas in the universe. Um you know, and I, I may get back into like some comic style heroes again in the future. I, I you know, I really dig that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I just, honestly, I'm drawing just so much uh, inspiration from watching the things through new eyes with my daughter and answering her questions that, you know, interesting new ideas just germinate so quickly. And it's, you know, I mean, uh, I, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm working with a guy named Thomas Salerno, who I, I, you know, have started referring to as Dr. Salerno, who's getting into some really, really great, really interesting, you know, stuff that, that people hadn't thought of. And it's like, oh man, you know, the fact that he's allowed me to contribute anything to his stuff that, you know, hopefully he and I will collaborate at some point. And it's just, you know, I, I just want to keep on turning out fun stuff that people will hopefully enjoy. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about this stuff and so much else today. It's been a lot of fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show, for talking <laughs> with me for an hour about Star Wars. I love oh, that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but no, uh, all, things, all things considered, um, to everyone listening, to everyone watching the Christian Move podcast, make sure that you go out and support this Kickstarter because I think Gary's done a really good job with this game, with this series. It's clearly very well thought through and very structured. Like I, I didn't know what to, I, I knew looking at it that it was clearly, you know, some an original idea and you know a lot of work has gone into it. But I just didn't realize like quite how much until you laid it out. And it's I. I I'm very surprised it hasn't gained more traction um, already. So I think it, it really just is a case of exposure at this point. So okay. yeah, anyone listening, please go out there, support, support Gary with, with this uh, Kickstarter. Let's try and get him to, to his goal and, <laughs> and get him on, on the way <laughs> to making this a reality. Um, but you can straight away um, check out Gary's stuff via Patreon, at least the, the novels section. So that's something that is ongoing, you know, regardless. So that's definitely yep. something to check yeah. out. 
And uh, yeah, just a big thank you all around for, for being on the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, uh, I hope you and, and, and everybody watching and listening have a, a wonderful weekend and, uh, and a wonderful holiday season for whatever anybody's celebrating. And uh, to everyone watching or listening to the Christian Reef podcast, as always, let me know who you would like to see on the show next. Let me know what topics you would like to hear. And uh, I don't know, we're, we're approaching number 50 i think this is number 47 so if you have anything in particular that you'd like to see for that very special 50th episode <laughs> let us know me and dutch are working on it we have some ideas but i'm not psychic i don't know what you want let me know <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for watching listening to the christian Reeve podcast and until next time peace out one love i'll see you in the next one